0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Foundation was on the show, and we talked about the Parsonage Exemption and a number of issues surrounding the church and 501 c 3s you all get a chance, to go and check it out. You should be able to find it on my Facebook page, and I'll send it out to Twitter a little bit later on again today. But it was an excellent conversation. It, it went three hours, so, you know, be patient and enjoy yourself. But that was Friday night. Um, yesterday, um, Raina had her show, the RSS feed. And it was a delightful conversation. It was interesting. We had a good time. So, guys, get a chance to go and check out the archives and let me know, you know, how you feel about the conversations. If you have any questions, you know, just tune in and let me know. One note, I would like to let you guys know again about the call for papers. Dr. Sakibu Hutchinson has a call for papers. Women of Color Beyond Faith Anthology, I've been tweeting it out on Tumblr as well as Facebook. The submission deadline for Abstracts is September 30th of this year. And you click the link. It will give you some of the parameters there. And Dr. Hutchinson would love to hear from you guys. So, you know, please keep that in mind. Pass the word along. Post it if you can. Tweet it. It's important that we, you know, bring this anthology to you guys. So, again, it's Women of Color Beyond Faith. Free thought, Feminism, and Social Justice, so we're calling for papers, and please get that in as soon as possible. I appreciate it. I wanted to talk about a few items that I saw in the news earlier this week as well as this weekend, and one item that I definitely want to call to your attention, Oprah Winfrey, is actually going to premiere Dark Girls on OWN. And this is happening next Sunday, June 23rd at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 9 o'clock Central. And basically with this special, it's going to talk about colorism and classism and racism and self same issues. You know, it explores all of that. So, again, you know, this is going to be, you know, controversial and fascinating All at the same time You know, check in We did a show on colorism um, last year And we probably will revisit it again this year But, you know, it's something that happens And it not only happens in the United States But this happens throughout the world And in this documentary It talks about that And I posted the link for that as well So guys, go ahead and check that out But that's one show on OWN That I definitely will be tuning into Um, Another article I saw in the news was, you know, this is what I find interesting. We have some pastors out here that are saying that they should decriminalize unjust drug laws. And they were agreeing with Pat ah, Robertson about decriminalization of marijuana. And so, you know, I just find it personally interesting how some of these pastors are changing their purview, if you will, um, regarding drugs and uh, the prison system and how all of that is interrelated. So I just wanted to bring that to you guys' attention. We need to keep an eye on that, but, you know, what I will find someone somewhat refreshing is that it seems as though they're now speaking up and they're speaking out against a lot of these public policies, which are devastating our communities. And while, you know, I'm a non-believer, and this is a pastor, I still do believe that in some instances that we can actually work together toward bringing social justice to the black community. So every once in a while i tell you all about, you know, some good that they're doing, if you will, and they're calling attention to the matter. So that's the main thing there. Another article, and I'm just going to keep it brief, but it was an article um, that was released by Washington Post talking about throwing children in prison turns out to be a really bad idea. Well, I could have told you that for free a long time ago, and I'm sure many people have. So, again, those articles are out there. I want you guys to go out and take a look and see what's happening there, keep up with current events, and do some studying to understand how all of this works and how public policy drives a lot of the issues that we see in the news, and just be informed, educate yourself makes life so much easier for all of us, and you know we'll be able to move forward so on that note, I am pretty much done talking about the news stories. I just wanted to bring that to you guys' attention, call for papers, you know again. Pass that along. It's important that we get this anthology out and we have as many participants. And when we talk about women of color, it's not just, you know, women of African-American descent, um, Latino, Asian, Native American, indigenous, you know, all of that, women of color. And we're also looking for um, submissions from women that are of faith, if you will, but kind of... Evolved in some of their Thought process if you will um, Feminists You know you have some religious Feminists out there which I've Heard that that's an oxymoron But not necessarily you know I'd like to commend anyone as their Thought process evolves and grows So again baby steps Everybody baby steps And on that note today We have Anti-intellect and Reverend Xavier Xavier On the line with us, and we're going to be talking about black male feminists. I have been looking forward to this show for a while, and I'm just really excited to have them both on today, and I appreciate them taking time out of their schedules to spend it with us, and we are looking forward to a fun and exciting and informative conversation. But I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves, because I don't believe my words will do them justice. And so without further ado, you know, we welcome anti-intellect and Reverend Xavier to the show. Welcome, guys.
2: Thanks for having me.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent, excellent. Reverend, do you mind telling us a little something about yourself today?
3: (laughs) Well, uh, my name is Xavier, also known as Reverend Xavier um, on I do have a Twitter, at Rev underscore Xavier. I haven't been tweeting as much as I'd like because I work hour, seventy eight 70 to 80 hours a week now, uh, which is fun, but it does get a little nerve-wracking. Um, George State University graduate, uh, major in philosophy and English, minor in sociology. Um, I haven't completely lost my mind yet, but I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting there. Um and that's about it for me. Oh, yes. And for those of you,
1: I met Xavier. He was running around Twitterverse, and I offered him a job to drive the church van around to pick up these heathens so we can have Twitter Bible study. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, this was a job. couple of
1: years ago. That's what happened That's my story And I'm sticking with it Right Okay So that's how I came Like Xavier Oh yeah Definitely You know That job is always open You can always Drive the church bus Whenever you want (laughs) (laughs) And We have Anti-intellect On the line With us today As well For those of you Who aren't familiar With him You really need To check out his blog. You need to check out his Facebook page as well as his blog, and Anti-Intellect, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself today? Sure. Um, once again, thanks for having me. Um, I'm
2: Anti-Intellect. I'm a D.C.-based social media activist and essayist. I'm a graduate of Florida a m University with a degree in history, spent a little time teaching, um, but in between that, you know, I've just dedicated myself to social justice causes um, Known for my Twitter activism, um, my Facebook activism I'm also um, something of a Tony Morrison aficionado You know, my, I'm kind of synonymous with Toni Morrison online, I'm proud of that But yeah, so, you know, I'm anti-intellect, I'm a feminist, I'm an atheist Proud, openly gay black man And um, my issue, I focus on intersectional issues, race, gender, sexuality, the God concept, um, things of that nature. So that's a little bit about me.
1: Excellent. Excellent, guys. And like I said, Xavier has a blog out there as well. If you all go to the profile page, you can click on the links. It takes you to Anti-Intellect's Facebook page, and it takes you to Xavier's blog. So show them some love. Reach out, they'll be happy to hear from you guys. And so my first question to you guys, feminists, black male feminists, why black male feminists as opposed to humanists?
2: Well, I guess I'll start out. Um, My journey towards critical consciousness has come through, Black women writers primarily um, The writings of Lorna Hurston The writings of Bill Hooks, Toni Morrison Alice Walker And so when I began To um, Look at a philosophy That really gave me an opportunity To think critically about the world That I live in That came through Feminism, through the writings of Alice Walker Through the writings of Bill Hooks The writings of Lorna Hurston You know, had my journey towards critical consciousness been different, and I came through some different, you know, philosophers and writers, I may have identified as a humanist. But my particular journey came through obviously, Bell Hooks has had a monumental influence on me, um, Alice Walker, Toni Morrison. So I, I felt affirmed in feminist theory, feminist movement, and that has been the primary means by which I. Um, Approach Critical thinking, social justice Through that framework Um, I have no qualms Identifying as a humanist because I think at the end of the day It's not necessarily the labels That I call myself But the work that I'm doing So um, for me it's not an either or thing But it's just This has been my journey And this is the primary framework That I work out of and that I have felt Comfortable working out of So that's why I choose Feminist over humanist But, you know, I think at the end of the day If you are doing the work of ending sexism Ending racism um, Thinking critically about the concept of God It doesn't really um, It's not as important What you call yourself So as long as you're doing The important work that needs to be done So I I don't like to get caught up on the labels But, you know, for me personally I I, um, prefer the label feminist over humanist Excellent.
3: Zadia. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I started uh, started my journey when I was teaching in college. Um, I was taking a sociology course and a women's studies course at the same time. And uh, a project that I had to do at the time, uh, well, I got to pick the project, but I decided to focus on on black female atheists. And at that time, I was uh, going through uh, some changes with myself. I was... uh, pulling away from Christianity and pulling away from organized religion and spirituality and that sort of thing. And once I spoke to uh, a lot of black females who identified as atheists, uh, that's where my journey began. So for me it was uh, uh, academics plus uh, field work that got me going. And I'm still on that journey now, You know, I'm no longer uh, teaching and no longer in college, but I'm still still on that journey and still awful lot. Is that a little Excellent. echo?
1: Yeah, just a little bit, but we heard you. Okay. We heard you. Okay. But yeah, that's wonderful guys. That's wonderful. Um I guess my next question to you would be why would men or why do men Or how do men benefit from feminism? Why does feminism benefit men, and why should they take part in the feminist movement?
0: Are you guys
2: there? Yeah, I'm here. I was offering Rex the. The opportunity to
3: answer this time
1: because I went first
3: last time, but oh no, I actually didn't hear the question. There was a little uh, little delay, so I didn't hear it.
1: Oh well, I'll repeat it. I said, "How do men benefit from feminism? You know, um, how would men benefit from being a part of the feminist movement?"
3: Okay, okay. Well, I think men should. I think you should participate just simply because that's. I think it's the right thing to do. If you care about other people, the first thing you want to do is listen to what problems and what challenges that they may face. And if you care about developing solutions to those problems and and, uh, making everything better better for everyone else, you'll seriously sit down and listen to what other people have to say. And I know it's easy for, at least in in this culture, it's easy for men to dismiss uh, uh, issues that women have, especially when it comes to, a woman's right to choose and, and things of that nature. It's easy to be dismissive because it's not something that you necessarily have to face. But I think that's a very bad way of looking at it. I think you should look at it as, you know, what would it be like if you were that particular person and you should approach uh, uh, dealing with the problem in that manner and saying, okay, well, let's try to figure out what's going on here. Let's try to uh, make it better for you and me because we both benefit. That's, I think that's the best way to do it.
5: Excellent.
0: Um,
2: for me um, Ever since I was a little boy um, Probably about five years old Since I started kindergarten um, I was ridiculed and picked on For being a quote unquote Feminine boy So I like to say that I've always had a feminist consciousness Ever since I was a little boy I understood very deeply that Um there was a standard of boyhood and manhood That I didn't Measure up to And that it was being positioned Against certain conceptions And beliefs about girls and women Particularly that you know To act like a girl or a woman Or to hang out exclusively With girls or women Was something that was degrading and shameful To my boyhood And to my burgeoning manhood um, When I was Probably like six I was helping my grandmother Take her hair out I just loved my grandmother I loved spending time with her And, you know, I thought Okay, well she needs help Taking her hair out I think she had like Micros or plaques. And I'll never forget That one of my uncles said You know, boys aren't allowed Boys shouldn't do that And so Ever since I was a little boy I was always very um, Annoyed by these notions That because I'm a boy I can't do X, Y, or Z Or because Someone is a girl, she can't do X, Y, or Z And so As I grew older And I began to understand that there was a Social system in place That was You know, teaching us All of these notions about what we can And cannot do as women, that social system Obviously being patriarchy I remember that, you know Yes, I'm a man, but I have never fully benefited From this social system Because of the fact that I am a Black man because of the fact that I am a Feminine man because of the fact that I am A gay man you know I don't get full access to The rewards of this Patriarchal system that has been put in place And so obviously You know It's very important for me to Work to end this System and
0: Movements
2: that are you know Primarily concerned with ending this system Feminism Womanism And so it's like how can I be in solidarity with women who are the primary um, sufferers on the patriarchy But not the exclusive ones So how can I be in solidarity with those people And so that's where feminism opens up itself for me And I understand the history of feminism It's something that I've studied It's something that I take very seriously And I know that there have been historical concerns about men's role In feminism the notion of male privilege and you know us occupying that space but I also know and I credit this to black feminists like bell hooks and revolutionary womanists like Alice Walker that there's a place in the movement for everyone and that feminism is for everybody and that we have to all be mindful of the privilege that we have whether it's white privilege whether it's male privilege whether it's class privilege whether it's Heterosexual privilege or cisgender privilege You know, all of us in the feminist movement We have to be mindful of the privileges that we have And that's something that I'm always um, Monitoring myself about So, you know, I understand The need to have conversations about The role of men in feminism But, you know, if we want To end this social system Which is patriarchy We can't do it with just women Because, you know, we're all taught Patriarchy as children And it's going to take us all working To end that system um, If we want to see the transformational change That we have So, you know, like I said As someone who is punished In this patriarchal system Because of some of my identities You know, I have no choice But to work with feminists To identify as feminists To do everything I can Using feminism To, you know, tear down this social system So, for me personally That's
1: how I look at it Excellent, excellent. And, you know, as black male feminists, what would you suggest that we as a movement, you know, what would you suggest would be the steps for us to address and educate people on sexual and respectability politics? Sexual and respectability politics
2: Um, You know, I think our history Is there for us to learn from And to improve upon And there's so many examples of us Undermining our own movement For racial justice Or for class justice With, you know, by holding on to sexism And holding on to respectability politics And so, you know, we, we, we should look at You know, the, the Civil rights movement and The fact that you know the, the, the two main identities That we have coming out of that movement what Martin Luther King and Malcolm X You know that there were a lot of women There and we Don't often hear about the Ella Baker And the Shirley Chisholm and all these uh, women Who you know were Very important to our Social justice movement and the roles that black women have had And also how you know, politics of respectability undermine our, our 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 efforts for social justice. You know, thinking of the young black woman, I can't think of her name, but you know, she was one of the first people to stand up on a bus and refuse to get up out of her seat. But because of the fact that she was she was pregnant and she wasn't married, yeah. that they pushed her to the side and you know placed Rosa Parks in that position. So you know, exactly. That would have been an opportunity for us to Really show that you know we Want to Be more about middle class values And middle class respectability That we are really interested in the many Faces of um, Our oppression and so I think You know we can use our history and look at those Moments where we haven't always Valued Women's you know, women's roles in the In social justice or we haven't Always valued people who don't "Quote unquote," fit the mold because they're uneducated or they're poor or they're inarticulate. So, I think we should um, we should look at our history and, 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 and try to improve upon that and learn from it.
3: Excellent. Very good. Very good, Xavier. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think he's right. I mean, let's let's go back to the Rosa Parks thing. That shows you right there that there's a there's a public relations aspect to it as well. And the question is. Uh, you know, what face do you want to put out on on front of the movement or out in front of the movement? And, and there are voices within that movement that will tell you, well, we can't have a certain image out there to project because certain people won't listen to what we have to say. So, you know, you can look at the history, and, and the question is, do you are you going to value PR or do you want to tell the truth? Which one do you want to do? Which one is more valuable to you? That's the way that I would look at that one. Like, okay, well, you're not going to show... going to show someone, you know, with Rosa Parks' image that's somewhat squeaky clean, somewhat middle class. You know, what what class of people, what group of people are you looking to speak to with that image?
1: Exactly, exactly. We have Rain on the line with us, but we have a caller. Let's take the caller, and this is from 609. 609, may we ask who's calling?
6: Uh, Yeah, yeah. My name's Mohammed Kareem. Um, Hi, Mohammed. Hi. Uh, uh, I actually had a, a comment. That's okay.
4: Uh huh. Okay.
6: Um, well, I wanted to actually address the question that was posed that you posed earlier about why it's important to um, for men to uh, to, uh, to why feminism is important to men. And um, yes, it's not, you know it's not it's not just about uh you know be it, it, it being the right thing um while of course it is it's it's certainly the right thing from a moral standpoint it's also in the actual interest of men to to um support feminism um for example um i know uh I used to be active with a, a socialist group, and I remember um one of the socialist women talking about the struggles that uh, they had to get into the, the mining industry, which is a very male-dominated uh, industry. And one of the things that they, they mentioned um, was they had to – in order to lessen the chances of explosions that happen in mines, they coat a lot of the walls and the, the machinery with a, um, a kind of material that's in these bags that uh, – uh, lessens the chance of it sparking a flame. Um, but these bags are big. They're like 100-pound pet bags. Um, and it was a lot of times it was too heavy for women. And a lot of times there were arguments about why women shouldn't be in this industry because they can't handle the bags. Well, the fight for um, women to be able to fully participate into these, in, in these jobs was, was also a fight to get bags that weren't so heavy. Um, and this was something that once they won this fight, Um, this benefited a lot more men as well, even though, you know, the the men didn't always want to acknowledge this. This was something that helped them out as well. Um, There were less injuries, um, less wear and tear on the actual worker. Um, And and by fighting, by um, men and women, by, by fighting for feminism, one of the things that it does is it allows women to participate more fully in common struggles um so when you're fighting on the job for better wages or when you you know when you're fighting for whatever cause you're fighting um it's helpful to be able to have as many allies as you can so women being able to fully participate it, the prerequisite for that is is uh for them to be able to not have to face the challenges that they already face uh you know the the kind of oppression that they already face as women so it just makes them a more effective uh ally in in, in fights that are common to you know you know all people um so i you know i just wanted to kind of you know bring up those points that that it it, it really is in the common interest um um i i guess uh one other uh One other point I would make is is how a lot of uh, jobs were um, – a lot of jobs became sort of uh, female jobs, and the argument around them by a lot of the bosses was then that, oh, well, you know, because we employ mostly females in this field, it doesn't need to pay as much because – uh, you know they're supported by a man. You know it's it. it uh, they, they'll the, the, you know this is just kind of extra money. So it was always a lower mm-hmm. base pay for those specific types of jobs that were that women were kind of um, pushed towards. Um, right, like well, this is the their allowance
5: as opposed to their their income. Yeah, exactly. There.
6: And okay. and and so the fight for mm-hmm. full equality for these women. Um, also would increase the, the base pay rate for these types of jobs, you know. So it's, it's, it's something that is in the interest of men to fight for, even if even outside of the, the moral argument, the ethical argument. It is in men's best, best interest to fight for feminist causes. So well, that's kind of that my really- comment. That's what I wanted to bring up.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And, you know, you brought up a couple of points. Not only did it benefit the men, less wear and tear on their body, but it also benefited the company because then you had less people injuring themselves, less, you know, they didn't have to hire people to replace the ones that they lost. Um, And, you know, the women, you know, did their fair share of the work. So it just helped the company. You know, productivity went up more than likely, you know. So, I mean, it helps out, you know, everyone in that particular situation. Which is why when you brought up the Equal Pay, you know, the Equal Pay Act that's been, you know, that um, President Obama signed into law, you know, it wasn't the first Equal Pay Act, but it was the more recent one you know, uh, basically making salaries equitable, wages equitable for both men and women, that has helped everyone because, again, you know, not every woman has a husband or boyfriend or what have you, you know, supporting her, Mm
7: -hmm. and her money
1: is her pocket change. That's not always the case. Many of these women are the breadwinner or the sole breadwinner or what have you in these families, and it's just the right thing to do.
5: So, well, I was just you saying know, um, it doesn't matter if – it doesn't make a difference whether or not she is this little breadwinner or not. It, it's it's her right. money. She needs to be paid. <laughs> it doesn't matter exactly. if her husband makes $160,000 a year and this little $20,000 she's making isn't really adding to the pot. It's her money. It's her. <laughs> Give exactly. <all> her money. <laughs> it's hers to do as she wishes, as she wishes.
1: Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, it's – you know, having men as part of the, you know, feminist movement, it just opens, uh, you know, a lot of different avenues. But, you know, again, um, we were talking the other day about Mark Anthony Neal's book. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him.
5: But Pam, I'm sorry. Um, Can I ask a question before you before you go there? I'm sure. sorry. Because I just, so I've posted, hosted I the show everywhere, so... I, I don't know who, who's listening or who's tuning in. But immediately I was attacked because I posted this show. They were like, feminism, that's that's a white, white woman's beef with a white man. But then it got to black privilege, black male privilege. And so can you guys please discuss black male privilege so that it's not just coming from me, a dumb woman, because I'm obviously just stupid because Oh, you okay. know, obviously <laughs> this is a white man. This is a white man's beef, not a not a black woman's beef. Right.
3: Wait a minute. Wait, okay, I know that that was Raina, right?
1: Yeah, that was right.
3: Raina. <laughs> <laughs> where are you getting attacked? I just just humor me. I just want to know where.
5: Oh, um, I can actually, you know, I think I might have to add you first.
3: So let, oh, let me go ahead it, and add it, you. Is it to that group? I think you had just made a comment to. I think I saw it on Facebook. Is it a Facebook group or right now?
5: I don't know. I, I posted this in like every group that I knew of, and like, yeah, some I didn't. Just, just because I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, get people to call in for the show. But okay. um, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Okay.
1: But you know, when when women bring up feminism, and in particular when we start, you know sharing that with a lot of people, especially in our hyper-religious, you know, culture here, um, we get attacked. We get attacked, and we are told that that's a white woman's fight, or, or even with atheism, that's a white man's religion, but we get attacked because we want equality across the board for all. So I guess going back to, you know, what Raina was talking about, you know, you know, us being attacked And do you guys experience that When you say that you're black male feminist That people automatically want to put you on the defensive? You know, I was actually writing something
2: about this yesterday And I've noticed this tendency for people to feel like Because feminism isn't perfect That, that proves that it's worthless like it's a aha, I told you
1: Because,
2: like I don't know if y'all well, Of course y'all are probably familiar with this But, you know, Alice Walker's daughter, Rebecca Has written some things about You know, growing up Being the daughter of Alice Walker And she essentially says, you know, her mother was this Rabid feminist and her mother Wouldn't let her play with dolls and it really Ruined her childhood You know, that Alice Walker feminism was just the worst thing That ever happened to her And people will use that to be like see, I told you, feminism is bad for everyone. But I noticed that that's not done with almost any other social movement. Like, Martin Luther King Jr.'s adultery isn't used to negate the civil rights movement. Like, because Alex, right. because Martin Luther King wasn't perfect, no one says, aha, I told you, black people don't deserve rights, see? Should have listened to So I, I just It's really interesting how Because feminism isn't Perfect or because you know White privilege has You know has historically you know Undermined feminism No one does the same thing With class privilege in the black Civil rights movement because most of those leaders Were college educated They lived middle class lives like they were not These were not poor uneducated People but you know we make room For that And so I just think that it's really interesting how people are so eager to dismiss feminism, and I think that that is rooted in the very thing that feminism is fighting against, which is patriarchy undermining anything that has to do with women. And I I think it all goes back to that. Like, at the end of the day, people just don't want to deal with gender justice, and so they'll come up with any reason, oh, you're just women, oh, well, we need to get this race thing under control first, or
5: Mm -hmm. all of those excuses. Yeah, go back to the kitchen, honey. You know, we need to get this race thing working out. So. Yeah, well, I, I mean,
3: yeah. you know how it works. Uh, I mean, in, in many circles I've been in, you know, racism is the thing that, that is talked about first, and, and feminism or, or women's issues is always, you know, secondary. Uh, you yeah. know, the face of racism is the black man, you know, which ignores incarceration rates, uh of black women and other people of color, just you know, you just assume that, that black men are the only ones that are being oppressed, and and to go back to the black privilege privilege thing, there are plenty of people that think that's a myth. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, black male privilege—that's a thing. You know, it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's no. Seen as let
5: often. me tell you what this. Let me tell you exactly what this guy said. He said, "I guess we get the privilege of being diagnosed with ADHD, put in a special education, and a shorter lifespan." But
2: that doesn't negate. Like no That's one's saying that those things are okay. Like no one's saying yeah. that those things are okay. Like we're we're fighting against that, but that doesn't change the fact that the two Supreme Court justices that we've had have both been men. The first yeah. black president that we have is a man. Like clearly we're benefiting from being men, even as we're also, it, you mm-hmm. know, not benefiting from being black men in particular. Like I don't see how right. they don't count. They don't cancel each other out. Like yes, because you have a heart, that doesn't mean that you're not also privileged. It, it, right. it, it baffles me.
5: Exactly. Yeah, it 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 is fairly it, it is it is pretty baffling. Just like I had some someone try to tell me that we were living under matriarchy because seventy <laughs> percent of black households are run by black women. I was like I was like I, I was flabbergasted, like I, I couldn't believe that this had come out of someone's mouth. You know what right. I mean? Like
2: the ethos like, where you those get families are still patriarchal, like, yeah, women yeah. Are, are the leaders in a lot of homes, but they're still teaching patriarchy. So,
5: right, right, yeah, it's it's insane. But could you talk a little bit? Could, could you really like elaborate on what black male privilege is for for them for those for those people who might be listening? Because um, I told them to tune into the show, and in fact, I told them to call you, but they probably won't because they're they're shook.
3: But no, 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 no. Go
5: Have ahead. Have call. We, we <laughs> want you to call. We want you to call. I told them to call. I gave them the number, but they're probably yeah. shook. But you should You're probably. Out there
3: you think that blackmail yeah. so prison should. is a myth or doesn't exist or any of this other crazy crap, please call in. We, we, we'd love to talk to you about that. Go ahead and call in. Don't yeah. be scared. We don't bite. Well, not in this context. <laughs> no, go ahead and call in. All
4: right.
5: yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, if you could just elaborate, though, and, like, talk more about it so that they, you know, that maybe someone listening can get an idea because, yeah. I think maybe well, they'll take it coming from you because I'm just a woman. You know what I right. mean? We're yeah. me. about black male privilege,
1: but I think they'll take it a lot easier from a man than from women. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate. But for me, the easiest way to understand black
2: male privilege is the sense that privilege connotates you getting some unearned benefit in society just by virtue of you being born and you not being born as something else. So in a white supremacist patriarchal society, being a male is going to give you benefits over women because of the fact that the society is male-dominated. A primary example of this, when... It came time to decide voting rights in the United States of America. You had two people at the table bargaining for voting rights along with, you know, to join white men. You had white women and you had black men. Now, clearly, you know, voting rights could have been given to the black community as a whole, but they were not. Something interesting was at work that made it that only black men got the right to vote not black women. Why was it that black men got the right to vote? Because they benefited from being men. White men could look at them and say, you're not a woman, and I'm going to give nice. you privilege over women, which is why black men got the right to vote before white women and black women. They're benefiting from something. We're, we're, we're receiving some sort of privilege, and that privilege is our maleness.
1: That's male privilege.
4: Right.
1: There you go. And exactly. And who are the biggest um, perpetuators of uh, male privilege, black male privilege? Is it women or men? And the reason why I'm asking that is because of the religiosity. So when you go into our communities, you know. Um, you know, who basically puts forth the black male privilege more or, the you know, the patriarchy. Because, in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion, while I see it, you know, and maybe because I think of it as a given for men, from a lot of black men, from what I've dealt with, my personal experience, but some of the more vocal, um, you know, um, Perpetrators, if you will, are black women Black religious women Would you care to speak on that?
2: You know, I do think that there's a tendency For black women to latch onto to this ideal Of, like, the black man as head of the family It may be rooted in a response to racism However, problematic In this notion that, you know Historically, black women have had a hard time seeing their men not be allowed to, to be men. And so they've kind of, like, bit the bullet, which has been, you know, to their own disadvantage. But, you know, like, for the black man to go out in the world and, you know, not be allowed to be a man and then he comes home and he isn't allowed to be a man, I think a lot of black women are guilty of letting black men get away with their privilege Because of the idea that, oh, well, society is racist And, you know, we just don't want to make it hard on them So, yeah, I've definitely seen that In my own family, my grandmother Every new year, she won't let anyone In her house before a man comes In her house, because of some superstition That she has, that a a man Has to be the first one in her house And, you know, she's all about Being a dutiful wife, and, you know Her husband couldn't cheat But it was okay, because he's the man And he's providing, so I've definitely seen that as well and passing that on to their sons
3: as well.
8: Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Exactly. I've seen it in my own family. Um, uh, that that black men are, or by their their mothers or even grandmothers are, are given a huge pass uh, regarding their particular behavior. Some real ain't shitness. I don't know if I can say that. It's already out there now. But. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I give you my cousin. He he's he. His life is reckless, but given the fact that he's he's a dude, his mother and his grandmother just give him a pass and say, "Well, you know what? It's it's hard out there for him. It, he doesn't have very many opportunities. Every excuse in the world they can come up with, they give it to him." Now, the girls, on the other hand, they are chided for every single thing that they do. It doesn't matter how exactly. minuscule it is. It's just the fact that you know they're, they're women. They can, they think, well, you know what, she can take it. Uh, the Male, on the other hand, he, you have to kind of baby him. You can't really criticize him that much, and you have to make excuses for every piece of ugly behavior that he commits. You just have to say, you know what, it's hard out there in the world. Black men have had historically have been treated like this, and we're gonna just go ahead and give him a free pass. I think it's, I think it's awful. And when I say something about it, you know, they think I'm just preaching and, and acting crazy. I'm like, no, no, there's something, you know, not right and nothing good about what you guys are doing with this. So.
4: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I see it. You know, we have, you know, I have examples of that in my family as well. I have Mario and Deborah online with us as well. And, you know, examples of that in my family, I have one particular uncle that I am not sure what he's going to do in the event that my grandmother, um, well, not if, but when, she, you know, passes on, if you will, because this particular uncle has been allowed to get away with everything, absolutely everything. And the the men in my family, in particular um, my uncles, my grandmother coddled him. To the point that They are Somewhat totally dependent Upon the women in the family And the women in the family You know like you were saying how You know they're harder on the women in the family Certain things are just expected And even with These grown men My grown uncles My mom and her sisters They're expected to take care Of their brothers the same Manner that my grandmother did and, you know, I've seen that pass down throughout the generations as well. And I just believe that it does everybody a disservice. It does all, you know, the males and the females in these families, it does them a disservice, which is why when I talk about, you know, religion, you know, and our society and what they're teaching as far as the patriarchy and the privilege is concerned, how it's more destructive to families than anything because I've seen instances in which women were told, per scriptures, if you will, to stay in an abusive situation, and, you know, women have lost their lives behind that, and the whole time they were told that the men were the head of the household and that she was to submit to that man because of the pure fact that he was born with a penis. So that's why I believe that feminism, you know, it benefits everyone because I believe it takes a lot of pressure off of men as well because, again,
4: yeah.
1: in our society, you know, with the hyper-masculinity and even, you know, the hyper-sexuality, there's this image that men feel as though they have to live up to and, you know, as time, you know, goes on and we evolve, you know, those stereotypes, if you will, are starting to evolve, which basically, you know, takes me back to the point that I was going to make earlier about looking for Leroy, written by Mark Anthony Neal, and it shows how, um, you know, images I hear were starting to evolve. And Raina, did you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, Raina's probably... All
9: right, so basically, this is a book looking for uh, you, Roy. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> um oh, just, go um, if you, Excuse me. I am driving, so if you hear a little sound, it's probably the wind and everything. I'll put it back on mute since I get you talking. But, um, you know, as someone who reads a lot of history, and I get into a lot of history uh, books and uh, podcasts and stuff like that, you know the idea of male superiority, you know, has has been so thoroughly ingrained in our history that we that um, the idea of challenging that has become such a has become a very big threat to um, you know the status quo and the way of life and everything like that. And these guys, that's one of the reasons why you see all these penis people in Senate making all these laws against women and everything. I mean, because you know, I'm, I'm, as I'm reading about a lot of things that occur, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't unlikely that if your if your village or your city was sacked by a rival um, army, nine times out of ten, every male in that village would be killed and every woman would be raped. During times of war, all the men were called out to go 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 to war, leaving the women behind and everything like that. And you know, and then you you just you just have all these ideas that that's what men are supposed to do. Men are supposed to be the strong providers and protectors. And women are supposed to be the docile, uh, nurturing types and stuff like that. And I'm gl- re- really glad to see the things are finally starting to change during my de- my time and everything, because so many things have begun to change with our society. Um, not just with religion, but in the way that we handle a lot of other things, especially like gays and and whatnot. We're changing so many things, and some of these people are just gonna have to accept. Like I'm, I get into arguments about people about the, uh, women being allowed on the front lines of uh, in the military and everything, and I'm like, well, I don't see what's wrong with that. I actually applaud that because it shows that these women are as fully capable of operating millions of dollars of equipment as, as a man. And I got such blowback from a lot of black women, because I was talking with black women, so I don't know how anybody else felt about it, that, you know, it, it really just ticked me off how narrow-minded their ideal of what male and female is, to the point where they're saying, you know, no true man would allow his woman to go to war and everything. Well, I'm, I've delivered, I, de- I used to deliver products out on the military base. There are women buying $50, $60 million aircraft that, um, that carry full, uh, full, fully on war arsenal and everything like that. It, it, these women are already doing these things. Just yeah, Because you haven't really encountered that, doesn't mean it's not something that's already being done. And for you to look down on that woman who want to be considered an equal, well, that shows just how ingrained our whole idea of male and female uh, gender roles is ingrained in you know our people and society and stuff like that.
8: You know, I think um, what the problem is what's really got people caught up. I think sentimentism is a a new word. Maybe that's what's getting them because we have been fighting. And I wrote an article on, on my Facebook about that. I mean, like, I mean, from the beginning, we, we have always fought, you know, for our rights and stuff. And for them, you know, for, you know, they just, they went and changed that, you know. They, they changed everything about, uh, when it comes to religion, they changed everything, you know. Like, to make them in control, make men in control, you know. Of everything, whatever is evil in the Bible is what the white man was insecure about. Okay, and so like you know, it, it it just went from there, you know. But they need to understand that it never was supposed to be like one person head. It takes two. It's an equal thing. It's a partnership, and. You know, it screwed up the whole world, really. I mean, I look at some of them people up there, you know, they need to check out their backgrounds and see whether they got, because their dad is a mama gave a million dollars to the college, whether they got an A for that. Because some of them are stupid as hell. The stuff that's coming out their mouths, these men, that the, the Republicans, I, I don't understand how you could even think that way. I really don't.
1: Women have been part well, black women have been oh, yeah. a part of the movement from the very beginning and I mm-hmm. believe where some of the discord came in as far as um you know, identification purposes are concerned, was during the black power movement when a lot of black women were um they had well they felt as though they had to make a choice between the feminist movement and the black power movement. And many chose to go with the black power Civil rights movement at that time But, you know, there were a lot of black women That were on the forefront You know, Florence Kennedy, you know, to name one And Mm -hmm. it seems as though it's coming back to center now That a lot of women are now Black women are starting to basically vocalize You know, uh, their interest in feminism And basically leveling The playing field And so I guess You know Putting all that In perspective You know I would like to ask Rev and and, um, Anti-intellect You know With our Black male figures If you will You know um, Public intellectuals Especially the ones You know That are more liberal The ones that we hear about More often Because we already know What's happening With the conservative ones Do you believe They're giving lip service To the black To black feminist politics
8: is who giving lift service?
1: Um, public intellectuals, black male intellectuals, um, leaders in the black community. Are they giving lift service to black feminist politics? No. Um,
4: are you, are you, are that you saying Are
3: you Are you suggesting that they're just you know all talk and no action? Is that where the question is headed? Do you want, I just
1: yes, want to make sir. sure that. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm saying.
8: They, they're they not doing it like they... They don't have our back, no. I mean, not like they should, I don't think. They're even going around saying, what pisses me off, that a woman can't raise a, a boy child. And that, that really pisses me off, you know. I mean, no. Oh, I mean, right. that, that,
3: speaks to, that speaks to some of the rigid gender roles that we do have. I mean, I mean it goes back to the black privilege thing. I mean... When's the last time you seen an article uh, uh, that asked men could they have it all? You always see these articles pop up about women where you either have to choose between uh, having a career or having kids, or there's always some strange dichotomy. But men never have to never have to deal with that, and men have the privilege of not having to answer that particular kind of question. You can look at it in in, um, uh, in religious circles as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Men are generally asked, uh, "Do you go to church?" Women are usually asked, which church do you go to? Now, what's the difference between both of those questions? The first one, you can either say, you know, yes or no. The second one has the affirmative already there for you. You just have to fill in the church name. Those are examples of privilege. When when I say I'm an atheist, uh, no one says, oh, okay, well, no one goes after my morality. Nobody says says anything about the way my hair looks or anything like that. But if I were if I were a woman, and I said I'm an atheist, oh, you damn skippy! People are going to be coming for every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what I do, exactly. doesn't matter what I think. Somebody's going to yeah. come after me for it.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: when I when I think of public intellectuals and and public leaders and black men, um, I want to say that there's been progress and there are some signs of hope and encouragement. You know, I think President Barack Obama has shown himself to be, you know, a yeah. black man who supports feminist politics. He's, okay. you know, passed through some legislation that helps women and girls, and he's, you know, come out at the forefront of things like yeah. reproductive rights, et cetera. But he kind of dropped the ball when it came to the Plan B fiasco, when he didn't think that, you know, it should be open to the girls of a certain age. But, you know, I think he fundamentally recognizes that, you know, women's rights are important. He does some good work around that. Um, Mark Lamont Hill is another one. I think he's a black, you know, intellectual leader who's really good on understanding, you know, that sexism is an issue. Um, Jeff Johnson is another one. Um, John Lewis in, in the Congress he's been, you know, behind. Um Gender justice for a while But then you also have people like Steve Harvey And Tyrese And um, D.L. Hughley, And you have all those characters out there Who, you know They're trying to, you know Peddle their books and tell, you know Women to think like a man and act like a lady So I think in a lot of In a lot of ways This is the best of times This is the worst of times When it comes to black male leaders And intellectuals You know, really getting and understanding The
9: importance of um, Gender justice and fighting against sexism
8: And the black women, you know um, My mom, you know, when she was older You know, uh, and um, We had a conversation years ago And she didn't believe in in women being pastors You know, I mean it, It was just, that's what they was Even though, you know, women a very excellent, intelligent, and everything else, and she, even though she realized, she still thought it was not our place to do certain things. I had to grow up with that, because my my brother got away with everything. I didn't, Yeah. And you know, and and
1: whole the dynamics behind that, especially. Um, in this country. And one thing that I've noticed that they try to use uh, to shut black women down, they will call black women angry. The yeah. angry black woman. Right. And that's a weapon used, you know, for a number of different reasons by, you know, all sorts of people, including black men. And I guess my question would be. Do you believe that black men actually do not understand where some of the passion and rage comes from in black women?
4: Hey, if, I, if I
9: may, um, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding on both sides of the equation because we we have so many people who have this idea that you're born with a, a list and a genetic, a genetic list of duties and responsibilities and protocols to adhere to based on your race and your gender. And when people start bucking against those that programming, that's when people start misunderstanding each other and, and thinking that one person is trying to be like like a woman, trying to be like a man, and a man is trying to be like a woman. And you know, I think that when a lot of a lot of women, you know, um, start letting be known that no, I won't, I don't, I'm not going to fit into this box. I'm not going to adhere to whatever your idea that you have of me has already been set in your mind. I'm not going to stick that and. That's when it start looking like, well, you're angry and everything like that, and I just, I disagree with that, man. There are some angry people, period, but I don't think it's just I don't. I think that if we took more time to break out of these boxes and these ideals of what male or female is, it, there'd be a lot less anger, or it'd be at least at least a more understanding of why women are angry. All right. Well,
8: you know, All I right, think, um,
3: I think we're like this. Uh, usually, when when folks like to throw out the word angry and all these other, it's they usually it, they're using a, in a pejorative kind of ways to shut you up, and they don't want to hear what you have to say because what you what you have to say is going to make them challenge what they think and what they do, and a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't like that kind of challenge when they have to either alter their behavior or alter their uh, their words and their decision. They don't want to have to do that. I mean, the latest anger. Incident was what thrown at Michelle Obama when that that lady yeah. was clearly heckling her, you know, yeah. and you saw exactly. plenty of, of headlines saying that she was angry. It's like, well, no, 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 no. She wasn't angry. She was responding to someone who was being rude and ugly at an event and yelling at her about policy that exactly. she doesn't create. Um
4: exactly. So,
3: but it, it's it's often it's often used as a dismissive uh, shut up tactic. When people say that you're angry or that you don't have a right to be angry and and upset, and people aren't listening to you and people and you feel like your cause is just, yeah, you're going to get angry about it. And the anger is justified. Oh, yes.
8: Oh, definitely.
9: Exactly. I I I always kind of thought it not only was, you know, is it uh, um, derogatory, but it's dismissive, almost like. You know, you're not going to listen to the person that is the irrational person. I don't care how much sense he's making. If he's out there pissed off and shouting at the top of his lungs about what he believes in the streets and everything, people are going to ignore that guy because of the way he's coming off. Like, he's crazy, man. He, he's always like that or something like that. They wave him off. So When you say that somebody, especially a woman, is an angry woman, an angry black woman, you're dismissing her argument and you're dismissing the point before you even listen.
1: Definitely, indefinitely, and I just, you know, I just find it great that we're actually, you know, able to sit down and talk about this and we're able to move forward because, you know, the feminist movement, you know, this third wave here is starting to gain, you know, a lot more traction, and I'm just happy to see that there are men in particular, black men, that are joining in, you know, in this fight and putting forth, you know, very, very cogent reasons as to why it's important that they participate in this fight. And, you know, I find it interesting when you brought up Steve Harvey. And basically, you know, what he's doing is pandering to his audience. And he's just trying to sell books, trying to sell tickets to his movies, uh, you know, listenership to his program. And I understand that. But, you know, overall, again it's it's that religiosity the hyper religiosity that you know many of these people are holding on to, and you know it's starting to implode if you will and you know in your opinion um Xavier and and, and anti do you see in the in the near future basically that we will see a turnaround uh, regarding feminism like we're seeing um in the turnaround Being pro-LGBTQ In this country
3: Well I think You know With all movements There's always steps And As far as I'm concerned uh, You know When my time is up You know When I'm dead I think we'll be further along Than than where we are now Uh, But I don't expect You know Things to To be complete At that point Just pass the torch On to the next group of people And they continue to fight From where you leave. Um as far as, you know, people like Steve Harvey and all, you're, you're always going to have clowns like that. It, right. And the question is, is you know, how do you turn down that megaphone that they have? How do you get people to listen to the message that you have uh, and pull them away from from them? Because they're very powerful. They, they're charismatic. People fall in love with their personalities, and they have the look, and, you know, you can package shit up, and it's still shit, but it looks pretty, you know, that's what sort I of think. Exactly. Um you want to pull people away from that, and and that's happening. Uh, the, the pace of it, I'm not sure of the pace, but I do think, uh, or at least I have hope that uh, people like that and the rest of the relationship experts or whatever they call themselves now, that those voices will be diminished, or, or at least we can mitigate the damage to a point where you can look at them and laugh at them for what they really are, idiots with, with microphones. I don't see that happening.
9: Uh soon, <laughs> uh,
1: can you can you clarify what you mean by turnaround? Like Well, basically what I mean when I say turnaround, um, the example that I gave was the LGBTQ movement for equality. And you know the numbers the statistics are showing that more Americans are you know more pro l g b t q um that they're now you know statistics show that you know more than half of the country feels as though you know l g b t q um um advocates and um people should have the same rights as everyone else, and so I guess my question you know just to kind of parallel that is with the feminist movement do you ever see in this country turning around that basically more than 50% of the country will be pro feminism pro equality for women
2: um i'm not so sure about feminism in particular but i would respectfully counter your claim um i feel like the the, the headway has already been made for you know, women's right in this country. I mean, we've had women move into, you know, the workforce and in positions of power and we had Secretary of State and we've had Supreme Court justices. So I think the country has been there when it comes to women in leadership positions and, you know women's right. Um I would distinguish that from feminism 'cause I think I think of feminism as something as distinct um, and people may not ever get there with feminism And they don't have to, in my opinion I think, you know, you can support, you know Equality and gender justice without identifying as a, as, as a feminist Which I think is a very specific um, philosophical, political movement um, Whereas with the LGBT community, you know, these are people This is a group who, you know, haven't had any rights, period Whereas with women's rights, you know, you've already gained rights And it will be a matter of just gaining more Um And I do think That We are seeing Some progress But in in a lot of ways We're not Um You know The 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 number of Women in Congress Has went down I believe Even though The number of
0: women In the Senate
2: Has went up And So I I think We'll see We may continue To see backlash In in terms of Women reproductive rights Continuing To be Attacked Um but I think for the most part people are people are there. We we understand that, you know, a woman can be a president. A woman can be, you know, a chief justice. So I I think I think we're already there in a lot of ways. Um, we just have to continue to get there.
1: Excellent, excellent. Arena, you're back on. And mm-hmm. you know, that's excellent. That's great. We're making progress and that's what matters at this point I have a question Have you guys ever heard of Tommy Sotomayor
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm not I mean Sonia Sotomayor Or is it Was it really Tommy, no, Tommy. Oh
1: no No oh. Okay that's <laughs> no.
5: Well that's no, fortunate. That is Terrible that's, that's really fortunate that you haven't heard of him if you haven't heard, i heard of him. Um, he's, he's a he's a horrible human being. Yes. Yeah,
8: okay. Uh, uh, is what he kind to her? her? Is he Ken to Sonya? I'm
5: sorry. Hmm? No, he's no he's not. No, he is
8: not he's not Ken to Sonya. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. What did he do?
4: Right,
1: no,
8: someone else is right.
5: Okay, Reyna. Uh, so, tell them about Tommy. Okay, I'm. I'm sorry. I thought someone was uh, saying something. Um, uh, yeah. You no, know, Tommy. Gonna up. Oh yeah, Tommy. Um, Tommy is this uh, this uh, talk show host in Atlanta. Oh. He oh he basically hates black women. Hates them, um, and claim and claims that he that he's trying to help them by calling them beasties and hair hats and um, all types of half-breeds and, and bitches and all other types of um, language, um, and basically blames them for, for everything, for, for, like, you know, concerning, like, the downfall of the black race. Like, black women apparently are, are single-handedly responsible for everything that's wrong in the community.
3: So what we have is another redundant bag of protoplasm who has a microphone and says every incendiary and ignorant thing that comes out of his mouth. And, and
5: he's very popular. And he's very huh. popular among I find um a lot of the black atheist men in this you know, in this in our community. <laughs> like I, I see them posting videos and I'm just I I can't understand. I'm like why you think this is at all productive conversation is beyond me, you know. And it just and, it, and it, I don't know. And it brings to mind something that someone brought to me a while ago. And just thinking that um, it seems that there seems to be some misogyny in our in our little tiny collective of black atheist men.
3: Seems and, to be there is there is. <laughs> yeah. Was,
5: well, I was I was being nice. Um but my friend my friend was saying that maybe there's um that, that is significant in, in maybe helping to understand why they left religion, you know what I mean mm-hmm. 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 Okay. yeah so oh. um
1: you know it's interesting because even in the you know atheist community and we spoke about this at one point that there's Quite a bit of misogyny And homophobia And so you know we've been Kind of talking about that and those Conversations are definitely Going to ramp up but You have people like This gentleman that we're talking about um, (laughs) Basically they're out there and you have a lot Of you know Atheists and free thinkers That agree with him and you know As a matter of fact you know in in a couple of circles, there was some backlash to doing this show because they do not believe that there's any such thing as a black male feminist. As a matter of fact, some of them would even try to charge um, some of the men that, you know, call themselves as black male feminists as trying to pander to women to get more women um, in their stable, if you will, so... What? I just whoa,
2: find whoa, it whoa, whoa, Yeah, whoa, because me being a gay man, the last thing I want is more women in my
3: stable.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what? And, and
3: even even as a stray guy, that's that's a that's a ludicrous argument to make. Yes. You really think that I'm doing this for to, to gain points? You know, that's really what you that's really the suggestion because it, it scares you so much that's the ridiculous argument you have to come up with. That's
2: so that is out there. That I'm not going to say that there aren't men who use solidarity with women to get women because it, it exists. However, oh, it, does. it certainly I see does.
5: And it I and it, it really and I, I see it a lot in the so in this in the in the, in the um the so called conscious community uh, yeah. in particular. And their and their brand like. of so called feminism is actually nothing but, you know, right. um, patriarchy with a on it. Yeah, patriarch. Yeah, it's just I open Office the door for
8: queen. you. Mm-hmm.
5: I put yeah. my coat
2: down on the ground. I'm gonna ground. call you, you right. To I'm gonna follow. call you a queen. I'm gonna call you a queen. <laughs> right, queen mother.
3: w e e n s queen spelled like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but
2: you I, I will really say that, that <laughs> I will say that there is a lot of selective critical thinking taking place. And it, it, it's in yeah. every community It's in the feminist oh, yeah. community It's in the atheist community It's in the LGBT community Where people only want to think critical About the issues that they feel affects them the most So how yeah. you can be like anti-homophobia but racist Or how you can be anti-sexism but transphobic
0: or, right. I
2: think people don't understand that like it's not enough to just be critical about one issue, that you have to be critical about all issues. So Thank when you. Get you. Thank you. Thank are, you. Or, Thank you. You
0: give these
5: guys you. who are very
2: critical about the concept of God and very critical about organized religion, but are very willing to give a pass to Patriarchy, give a pass to white yeah, people. Yeah, and, so, like. and it's so,
5: and these are the same men who say that they don't believe in God,
7: but they right. believe that
5: men and women are fundamentally different, that they've been right. fundamentally created different. And it's like, it is, and I, it's just, it's the it's, same it's, kind I, of thing. I can't believe that I'm talking to someone who considers themselves a rational agent at that point.
3: But, but you, you know? know what, that's where that, that's where that cognitive dissonance takes in you know, you're rational over here, but you're not so rational over there. And yeah. somebody points it out for you, And you begin to, you begin to wild out. I know, but in the
5: moment, it's infuriating. I, I know, mm-hmm. when I'm sitting here talking to Kim, or I'm talking on the show, it makes sense. But in the moment, it's just like, you, you're <laughs> like, I need to, I need to put my head in, in a desk.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Now. <laughs>
9: you know? I remember, like, I remember that episode, like, several months ago, and I can't remember, I can't remember what the topic was, but, you know, it was, you know, I'm in there looking at the live thread and seeing all these dudes, you know, chest talking about their masculinity. And I know the show has something to do with masculinity or feminism, but yeah, these dudes in there, man, it's this, this trumping it, man. I have a dick. That means I'm superior and shit. Like, just, just looking at these dudes, man, I'm like, man, you guys are a joke, man. I mean, how how, how is the, your definition of being a man being being how much uh, how much, like, shit you treat a woman? I mean... If that's your whole deal, then, you know, I I guess i turn in my car too. I'm already turning in my black car, so why not turn in my male card? you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's interesting that. to me because
2: I feel like my being critical of the concept of God then gives me, like, no room to not be critical of anything else, like, in my opinion, and I and I could be a like, myself, the same, but I feel like the concept of God is like the concept that no mm-hmm. one is allowed to question. And That's I feel like if you true, yeah. if you get that far, why is this? You, you have to go further. Take, why then would you just take yes. other social concepts for granted? Gender,
5: exactly. race,
2: sexuality. Like if you're going to criticize the God concept, everything else should just be like okay,
5: mm, maybe though, especially things. because. Especially because that concept informs all the other concepts.
2: Exactly. Yeah. 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 I would that, just assume that that would give you, like, a license to be critical of everything, mm-hmm. every
1: concept. Thank yeah. you. But absolutely. Thank you. That makes perfect so sense. Not. And we've talking about that. You know, if, you're, if you apply that critical thinking and that, that logic to that one area of your life, you know, to me, logic would tell me or tell you to apply <laughs> that to every area of your life question everything we actually have a few calls we're going to take 239 and i see two other callers we're, we'll we're on our way um area 239 may we ask who's calling
7: uh good afternoon my name is Perday. i'm calling from fort myers florida
4: Hi, good
7: afternoon uh enjoy the program i just uh i was been listening and i just wanted to kind of cast my two cents in on why i would classify myself as a as a black feminist <laughs> male black feminist uh, a lot of it doesn't have to do from reading it's actually from uh growing up with a um a mother who basically raised four children on her own and pretty much uh was a force of nature and really just told us to call things the way we saw it you know uh really telling us that we had to use our own minds and use it, develop our own skills to make things happen uh one thing that I've I've seen over the years is um you know, we seem to have, uh, as a black as black people, have uh, adopted like a, a luxury of separating ourselves male and female. I just remember with my uh, grandparents growing up, they worked together. And uh, that, that type of thinking seems to have uh, fallen by the wayside in our community. Uh, yeah, there were roles that people played, but there was always a need to work together. And um, I remember when I got out of college about 30 years ago, I'm in my mid-50s right now, uh, I was talking to some brothers who were um, talking about their wives staying at home and, you know, not needing to work. And I said, well, I, as black people, I don't know why we have that luxury. Uh, we're behind as it is, and we seem to be falling further behind. So um, I just want to throw that two cents in.
2: Um, can I ask a
7: question?
2: Yes? Yeah, caller. You, you said that your your notion of being a feminist stems from your, your your strong black mother. Now, were you familiar with the term feminism growing up?
7: Or Absolutely not. We're, ta- we're talking about the later? we're talking about the late 60s, early 70s. I mean, just ignorant <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to it. No, mm-hmm. no intellectual concept. Just seeing a woman who just worked her ass off to make sure that there was a kids had a roof over their head. She was very honest about uh, making sure we didn't make the same mistakes that she did. And um, you know, uh, getting married young, having kids early, and uh, that's pretty much where I've gotten it from. And seeing and actually working with women similar similar to that has really shaped my my thinking on on working with other women.
2: Right, and I understand that. What just to clarify, I like I said, I've always had a feminist consciousness, but. The political term feminism didn't come to me until much later when I got exposed to it in college. But I, I definitely think that for a lot of us, we, we we have that consciousness and we're aware of you know it's just the right thing to do. But I distinguish that from the the, the term feminism, which is something that most people adopt later on in life, unless they've been exposed to it as children.
7: Mm-hmm. Well, it was only I think um, my exposure to that term really primarily in the I guess the late 90s. Uh, I've read a lot of bell hooks, uh, Alice Walker. Around that time, but we're talking, you know, almost 20 years after even getting out of college before I got exposed to those works. But I've always been a strong supporter of women having their own rights. I've always been, I'm a member of Planned Parenthood, even here in the Deep South, where they <laughs> even bombed the clinic down here eons ago. Um, and I still support them. I, I just, you know, I just um, pretty much um, think that people have a right to their own bodies.
0: That's great. That is excellent.
7: Yeah, that's wonderful.
8: Exactly, exactly.
1: Well, thank you for calling in, Bernay. We appreciate it. Nope. it. You know, Thank uh, you. Yeah, I, I, I'm a
7: Facebook podcast listener. Sometimes I'm not able to listen to it live, but I do uh, download it on a regular basis. I enjoy the program. I hope that at one point we all get a chance to meet someplace. Uh, that would be great. I, I, I'll save my pennies and we can get together.
1: Very good, you know, um, you never know, um, I know Debbie Goddard from um, CFI, they've been looking into putting together an African-American for Humanism conference, so keep an eye out for that, and once that's decided, and if that goes forth, I'll be announcing it like crazy, so definitely, but I would love to meet, you know, all of you guys out there, so Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you so much for being, you know, a supporter. I truly appreciate it. And Thank please you. call in anytime.
7: Okay, count me in. I'll make sure yes, to sir. I'll make sure to be there
1: a the first
7: man
1: Nate. <laughs> Thanks, birthday. <laughs> We're gonna pick up another call from area code nine oh nine. Are you there, nine oh nine? May we ask who's calling?
0: Yes, this is Clarence Brown the Third calling, and my question what? is, yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
0: my question is, is okay, nine tenths of the people on this planet are people of color. Racism is a result of the fear of white genetic annihilation, being that women cannot initiate intercourse. Uh,
4: how do black grief. men?
0: Well, what? I, can I, can I finish my question?
3: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Racism
0: your is a result of the fear of white genetic annihilation. Being that women cannot initiate intercourse, how do black men get greater privileges in a racist society, being that the blacker the man, the more of the threat he is to white genetic survival?
3: Where think you? Like the I mean, part of your question is irrelevant. I mean, it wasn't the first part wasn't really a question; it was more of an assertion. And I would ask you to go ahead and well, if nine tenths
0: of the people well, on the planet are people no, no, of color, that,
3: not, that, not that one. The uh, the thing about uh, uh, not initiating sex. Where, where the hell did you get that? Um, d- listen to this. No, no. If well, a woman puts a gun,
0: gun in my point head point and says, you're going to have support. sex with me, the do, will I have, <laughs> do I have the <laughs> ability to achieve an erection? No, 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 no. I'm asking you to point I, the source,
3: not, not give me a lecture. What is the source of this? Dr. Franz Chris Wilson.
5: Actually yeah. actually sir, actually sir, actually sir, I do want to say something. Because you said do you have the ability to get an erection? Yes, of course you have the ability to get an erection. Yeah, there but not other other, there are plenty of Yes there are yes there are. There are plenty of men who've been raped in just that particular situation. Exactly. And 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 there are and there are instances of people who've been raped who have still been able to climax. So it is possible. That that it's happens. possible. But and, and, that the and, and, of course, and mean, course there are also I mean, a lot you of... I you know mean, 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 are you going to answer my question? No, and then I'm saying, and then I'm also saying, sir, that it's it's also possible to get pleasure out of those situations because there are a lot of rape victims who I'm actually not, have listen, shame listen, about listen, that. Listen, so listen, I'm just saying listen. that you're already wrong.
0: Okay, but listen, here's what I'm saying. You're nitpicking what I'm saying. I said maturity of men is... Cannot, women cannot initiate intercourse with men. Remember, back in the slavery what, times. What, what, did, the,
3: what does this have to do with the do you, topic that we're discussing? That's what I'm trying to get to. But the same so well, how do
0: black men get me
3: greater me privileges? Do, okay. How do black right. men
0: get greater privileges in a racist society? Being that the blacker the man, the more of a threat he is to white men's uh, okay, so, survival. Okay, so you're saying
3: that. So you're saying that since racism exists. There's no way that black men can enjoy any kind of privilege. Is that what you're saying? Because that's what it sounds like. Is not in a white saying? racist society. I'd, I'd rather you be more direct than you're a, saying, as opposed to larding it up with bullshit. So just get uh, to the point. Why are you, dude, saying well, that's if why you cursing? Why are you
0: cursing when we're trying to give a if I can interject,
2: if I can interject, I can interject and try to try to answer your question? Because even even though I, I don't agree with. The way that you premise the question and how you introduce the question, I do think that we can have a productive conversation about the ways in which black men are privileged in this society. And no one's denying that this society is a white racist society. No one is denying that. We get that. And we all feel that, both men and women. However, as a black man, emphasis on the word man, there are certain things in this society that you don't have to worry about as a man. You've already you know, came. In, you already have in your mind that you know women can't initiate sex, which I don't agree with. But let's talk about this 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 topic of sex and and what it means for men and women to engage in sexual activity in sexual in in sexual violence in this society. As a man, black man, when you walk down the street, you don't have to deal with the threat of being raped. That's not something that crosses your mind. Yeah, but i got to
0: deal with the threat of police brutality. i okay, got to okay, deal with okay, that. Listen, listen, with white listen, listen, listen mean, no one denying that, listen, this you is what Listen to me from, this from this the premise one that one can't thing is either or, it's not either or. Just at because this.
2: you face police, police brutality doesn't mean that women don't also face things. Women have to deal with police, police brutality as well as street harassment for men. But you think that that's just something that you get to do, or men think that that's something that we just get to do because we're men and we can talk to women any kind of way that we want to on the street by virtue of us, being me, men. So recognize that, yes, you deal with things, but women also deal with things. And I think that's your fundamental flaw in the way that you're conceptualizing this concept of male privilege. It's not just about what – and I think even the fact that you think that you all, – that that, all, that only the things that you go through count is an example of your male privilege. So yep. for example like, – Police right. brutality and ignore that women are street harassed, that they're raped, that their reproductive Rape. rights are taken away from them, that they can't get equal pay for their work. It shows that you are you are you are entrenched in male privilege.
9: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. If, if
1: and, was, and what I find, is, go ahead, Han. go, go ahead.
9: ahead. If this country were to be invaded by foreign power right now, the first thing that's going, the main thing that's going to happen, is that the women will be raped. That happens in any type of war. And everything. So, you know, I
5: mean, well, keep in mind, keep in mind that keep in mind that um, rape actually happens to men too, and that there are <laughs> a, a, a no, large no. number. And, and, and keep, keep it right, and keep right. And keep in mind abuse? and keep in mind that a lot of men in the Congo, for example, have been raped yeah, as, I, as yeah, a result of that, that ongoing war. So, but how does women guess, deny
2: it, you of male privilege? How does women being raped deny you of male privilege?
1: What the Exactly, and what I find <laughs> interesting is that he would use the premise of sex and men initiating sex, and coming from you know my particular female perspective here, the fact that he built his entire argument on the fact that he believes that men initiate sex to me, you know, it just points to the rape culture, and oh, I don't really yeah. think he
4: understands.
1: Understand. You know how he framed that argument. And I would yeah, caution him from that to
3: rethink those words. Well, I mean, he's also coming from the perspective that racism trumps everything else. Like, well, yeah. I mean, that's why the whole, that's why the whole, uh, that, that's why the first and second statements appeared as they did. It, it Racism exists, feminism is secondary, therefore, it either doesn't matter or doesn't deserve the attention. Uh, that it needs. So I mean he's clearly he's clearly one of he's clearly thinking like that. Racism trumps everything.
2: So can I just say I I respect Dr. Frances Cresswell think I think that she's a, a a brilliant intellectual but a lot of the things that she thinks are deeply flawed. Like she's made some mm-hmm. important insights into white supremacy and I will never take that from her. But she's given passes to patriarchy like, and, and a lot of the people who follow her scholarship are the these kind of, like, well, the man and, you know, women kind of thing. Is, are like, her saying that it's true doesn't necessarily make it true. Like, we still have to interrogate her Thank beliefs as we would
5: anyone else's. Right. And exactly.
4: Yeah,
5: and I, and I agree with you. I mean, like, some of the things that she says are, you know, have are valid, you know what I mean? But some of the stuff that she says are are just out there, and it's like you just have to, you know, you have to think critically about everything that everything. you're confronted with, like everything. And he was like, like What, like
3: what Dr. Fred Chris Chris Welzig said, it
5: was <laughs> like, <Yeah>. well, look, <laughs> like that,
3: like that, that was enough right there. That was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I mean, what matters is what the person says, not the actual person. At least for me, no. So. Mm-hmm. No, just because this person That's, says it And whether or
5: not what the person said is supported, really Like, yeah, what is right. the evidence for what they're saying, you know Right, and we have another caller from 202
1: May we ask who's calling, 202?
4: Hey, Gr- Craig
0: calling, how are you doing? Well,
1: good, Craig, how are you?
0: Pretty good um, I had a statement to make You're talking about women with street harassment as a black man, I think that women could 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 put a lot could put an end to a lot of that if they were dressed a bit more modestly. Yeah.
5: Oh my gosh! Because no. because
0: because yeah. because
5: because we're slut shaming now, um, right? Because, because well, because no, 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 let that, me
0: that, 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 explain it. Okay, don't cut me off. Don't cut my head off, my man. And. I'm a man, so I know what I'm talking about here.
4: I think if I'm
5: think he so i a man, too. I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man porn, so I know what too. I'm talking about That guy. Hey, that's not sexy that, at all. That guy, hold on. Hold on. I just hold on. Say, for one thing, that
4: guy is a
0: gay male, for one thing, okay? So he's not qualified. You sounds like a troll. I'm, I'm not qualified. Yeah, he's a
5: troll. He's clearly a troll. Yeah, cut him off. He's a troll. Yeah, he's gone. Right. That's the guy that called
1: me into the show, and whenever I try to counter any of his points, he would cut me off, but he would allow the men to speak. So, yeah, that's one of our troll callers there. I had to put yeah. his number on a list.
2: This see? is why we what? need feminism. Did you see how my manhood got negated? Because yeah. that's like, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. much for patriarchal brotherhood. Yeah,
5: oh, and by mm-hmm. the way, Clarence Brown just called, just called all the men on the line manginas, so wow. clearly, you know, you know, yeah. You know, that's true.
8: This, this this religion has taught uh, you, men you to had, This on
3: the, religion On the one hand, you had an anti-intellect try to give him his day, you know, just try to you know be nice about it. And on the other hand, I was like fuck him, you know, he's clearly, you know, one of those kinds of folks who's going to cause trouble. And I think I found the the feed that you gave me, Raina, where Clarence was talking about. Um, uh, let me see, let me see exactly what he says. He doesn't know what blackmail privilege is. And then he starts talking about getting beat down in the street by the cops. And I'm looking at yeah. the entire argument, and it's just, it's ludicrous from top yeah. to bottom. Sometimes he's talking about ADHD and putting in special education and sh- shorter lifespans like that negates. Like these things are more important than anything else.
2: I think yeah. the assumption yeah. is that because we're feminists, that we don't care about those things. That that, that we have, that is that we're somehow choosing between racial justice and gender justice. When in yeah. actuality, what we're saying is let's fight both of those things. Like yes. right. I'm I'm All passionate about my brothers who are being unjustly incarcerated. I'm passionate about what's happening to black boys in school, but not yeah. at the expense of what's happening to black girls and black women.
5: Mm-hmm. Right, right, that, absolutely, that and the, and the thing, and I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding about about feminism and the different types of feminist ideologies that are out there, and there's this idea that somehow that you know black women only got on the train in like the 1960s, when <laughs> right. right when when arguably when arguably we laid the tracks, you know exactly exactly, exactly. you know.
9: You know, um I think I benefited. I used to count myself very unfortunate that I didn't grow up with a strong male uh figure in the though, you know. My grandfather was, my grandfather helped raise me, but my grandfather was very silent. My grandmother was the, the matriarch of the household and by size. So growing up around someone who was strong and who did take charge and who did who did um command order and respect near everything really taught me an idea of feminism before I even knew what the concept was. And so I grew up with that respect and reverence, especially for my elders, you know, um, well beforehand. And and to the point where I'm here, here I am today. And I'm listening to somebody saying that a woman to dress more modestly as though you are such a weak individual that you can't look up on somebody, no matter what she is wearing, and not think, I really have to sexual assault this person. I mean, because I mean,
5: it, it just tells you what men think about themselves, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it just tells you how low men think of themselves that they think mm-hmm. that they cannot control them themselves. They cannot control their own behavior in re, in response to visual stimulus.
2: Not mm-hmm. to mention that women in this society and other countries around the world who are fully dressed are also sexually assaulted. Yep. Yeah. Right.
8: Exactly. You know, it's
2: exactly. not a clothing thing. It's it's a you not being able to
4: control, control yourself
2: sexually violent. Like, it's, it's, it's your issue with being sexually violent, not what the other person's oh. wearing or the other person doing. Right. Because I've right. been around men who are naked, and I've been around women who are naked, and nothing in my mind tells me to rape this person because I'm
5: not a right. racist. Own up to that right. There's no there's no neurotransmitter that tells you To, to just rape somebody <laughs> In response to seeing them naked I, I'm here to tell you I'm a neuroscientist And I have yet to come across that neurotransmitter You know Exactly Is it possible? Exactly. Maybe I doubt it though yeah. <laughs> I have
2: such so high hopes for that caller I was like okay this is going to go good And he was like you know They should not wear what they're wearing
3: like, oh, you,
5: know, I, I, you know, honestly, I, you know, I
3: didn't, honestly not even been to the, the doubt when I first heard him. I thought, I thought troll initially when I heard him. Yeah, You're
5: honestly, right. honestly, after about a year of doing this with with Kim, like I I, I see people coming now. <laughs> like I just don't. I just yeah I not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can't. As soon as I, can. I heard, as soon as I heard that guy's
9: name, I sent Kim a text message said, "Get ready." <laughs> <laughs> so about the way he said his name, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is about to be interesting, right here.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah but what I find oh, interesting, about all of that is we get
1: we deal with some of the same people in life. Now he's a troll caller, but there are men and some women, but particularly men, some black men that believe that they actually believe that is one of the reasons why I don't necessarily get too upset with the troll callers because all it does is it gives me another perspective. It helps me to strengthen my arguments, you know, when I do encounter someone like that because we can, and we do encounter these same people in life. And, you know, in some with even, you know, um, worse, you know, constructed type of arguments. So, is you know, again, you know, you learn from it and you move on, but, you know, it's interesting how he wants women and some men in general, because that's a very real concept and issue, how they... You know, go to the slut shaming, if you will, and they say, "Well, if you dress a certain way, then men, you know, would not want to rape you." However, they never talk about self-control, self-discipline. Why aren't men taught to not rape, as opposed to telling
5: women to cover exactly. themselves what? up? And- yeah, exactly. exactly. We're teaching women. We're teaching women what they're supposed to do in order to avoid rape, and then we mm-hmm. and then we don't teach men just to it control themselves. It don't matter themselves.
8: how you dress. It don't matter how it's you terrible. dress, terrible.
0: And it's so
2: interesting yeah. that this same advice would never be used to justify or excuse what happened to Emmett Till. Like no one would but I actually no have a No one seen, would help. I've seen exactly. people do
5: that though. I've seen Even people. To do, I've seen people use this. Well, not necessarily to Emmett Till, but but to Trayvon, talking oh, about, right. his, we, we talking about hoodies okay. and 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 street attitudes. And I've heard mm-hmm. black people say that, which wow. is really unfortunate.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a
3: discussion with a coworker about that, and he was saying that, you know, if uh, Trayvon wasn't dressed the way that he was dressed, he'd still be alive. That's
8: a lie. Right? Thinking, what the lie. hell?
3: Seriously? You really think that? Yes, they do. That's
9: a lie. Wow. Yep. Nah, man. You know, I remember years ago when the uh, uh, the whole thing with uh, Tyson happened. And I heard a lot of. Now I was still young at this point, but I heard a lot of dudes saying, "Well, you know, uh-huh. if she hadn't, if she hadn't went up to his room at three o'clock in the morning, you know, saying that that was their whole perspective for why they didn't believe that he had raped that sexual assaulted that girl or, girl or raped her because of what time that she was there and everything. And I always, you know, I, that always struck out as like being odd, odd. Exactly, exactly. And you know,
1: no means no. Period. No means no, and there's no getting around that. There's no justification whatsoever. And, again, you know, these are some of the issues, you know, and, you know, taking it back to, you know, him basically bringing up race politics and framing it in, in a way that race politics takes precedence over sex politics, if you will, that was one of the issues that they dealt with, again, with, you know, the feminist movement and the black women that moved away from the feminist movement to join the black power movement. And I see that same argument being, you know, um, put forth even now. And you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, as you stated, we can fight for both. We can fight for both because, again, you know, it, it, it benefits men You know I don't understand why they don't see it But it benefits men You know to be a part of the feminist movement And for women to have total equality But again I also have to take into Account you know the religious Mindset and you know and The paternal society that we live In the patriarchy and also the Privilege you know all of those are factors In you know what's happening and why People believe what they Believe and You know, unfortunately, we have to start dismantling these, you know, these different thought processes. But it's getting better, you know. It's getting better, and we're putting the message out there. And the best way to get it out there, basically, is we just have to continue to repeat it and continue to have, you know, wonderful men like, you know, anti-intellect and Xavier and Mario and, you know, William and all the, you know, Carl, you know, all the gentlemen that I work with. And, you know, you you guys are great. So, you know, continue on, you know, putting out your truth. Continue on being a part of the movement, putting forth these cogent and tight arguments because, you know, definitely, you know, you shut that guy down. And it's important that, you know, the women see that we have male allies. It's extremely important because, again you know it it lends credibility and validity to the movement to know that there are men out there that you know stand in solidarity with us and yeah. you know we've made a lot of progress you know definitely a lot of progress and you know going back to this i just feel that you know having men you know identifying as feminists you know it helps us to build a stronger counter to sexism and
2: You know, would you guys agree? I I, I absolutely think that our privilege can be used in the service of feminism. You know, take it and put it to a good use as opposed to Mm -hmm.
0: a a use that's just going to
2: further reaffirm patriarchy. Right.
0: Totally agree. Yeah.
2: If more people are going to take your voice seriously, if more people are going to believe that what you're saying is legitimate, great. Use it in the service of any sexism
1: Exactly Exactly And you know you know, I'm still kind of stuck on that call <laughs> A little bit And I think we need to do a show On um, rape culture Just in general And we need to do a show Talking about male rape Because there are a lot of men That do not believe that that exists Or that it happens and you
0: know, Who one are of the victims worst. of sexual violence themselves, I might add. Exactly.
1: So they just, they exactly. don't care. They don't
4: mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, you know, two of the worst things that I've seen in any you know, in in you know, television was on the Shield Yeah, was it the Shield where the police captain, um, Aceveda when the gang member forced him to perform fellatio on him, and he taped it and sent it around. And then the other one was Oz, when Adabisi um, raped that other guy. So it happens. It happens in a number of scenarios, and, you know, we need to talk about it because, you know, again, you know, there's nothing funny about it. You know, sexual abuse is sexual abuse whether it's happening to a male or a female. And, you know, that call was, you know, a little disturbing in the fact that, you know, again, it was a troll call, but just the way that he framed his whole argument, and it's something that I've heard from a lot of different men, and we definitely need to challenge that thought process because that's being passed down, you know, to the younger generations, to the young people. And I guess I would ask, Savior and anti intellect you know what words would you all give to some of the younger men, the ones that we can possibly educate and salvage from that type of thought process? What words of encouragement would you give them?
3: Well, for me, I would say that if if you want to be an ally, the first thing you need to be able to do is be a good listener, and you need to recognize uh that the assumptions that you come into this movement with, or anything, uh, are subject to be challenged, and you need to be able to adapt to change and do so quickly, or you'll get left behind. That's all I really have to say about that.
0: Mm-hmm. I would tell them
2: that, at its core, at least in my opinion, feminism is about allowing yourself to be a whole person, at least your gender itself, and allowing you the full expression of whoever you are, that you don't have to make choices because of your gender. And that's not something to be afraid of, that it's actually something to embrace, because, you know, oftentimes we have to tell ourselves that we're okay with how we're being forced to perform or express or communicate our gender and that we, that our reservations are... Are made to feel um, That we're being weak Or that we're less of a man Because we don't want to perform Or behave in a certain kind of way And feminism gives you license To claim ownership Of your manhood And to say no I'm going to define this for myself I don't have to take my cues From patriarchy I don't have to take my cues From hyper So you know Just embrace your whole self And bring that into feminist movement, and as Xavier said, you know, be a good listener and be an active participant because you also need active participants. We don't need people who are just deferring everything to women because I feel like, and that's kind of the, like, going back to the problem anyway, which is men not being accountable for ending sexism.
1: Exactly, exactly, and Raina, you're back on the line. And, you know, going back to, you know, that caller when he totally dismissed, you know, um, gay men, if you will, that is another reason why, you know, I feel that men should be a part of the feminist movement, and in particular men that are part of the LGBTQ community because, um, and you know, even hetero men, you know, because some of the, examples that I've seen out there is when you'll see a man or even a woman try to reduce another man, whether they're a member of the LGBTQ or federal, um, basically they'll say, Well, you know, the gentleman is acting like, you know, a, a bitch or he's being a, a pussy or whatever, reducing them down to a woman as though being a woman is a bad thing. And I see see that, you know, being voiced by both men and women, and it's extremely disturbing. And a lot of women seem to not understand that when they call a man, you know, those names, that in essence, you know, they're projecting that they are less than. And, you know, we need to continue to challenge that and, you know, put more information out there. And like I said, you guys, you're doing a wonderful job. I enjoy seeing you all on Twitter As well as Facebook And, you know, all of their information Is on a a profile there, guys So you all can click on the links But they're doing wonderful, you know Work and, you know, very motivating They're extremely supportive These are a couple of really good guys And, you know, I appreciate everything That they've done Because, you know, it can get rather daunting And just knowing that we have Some people out there that, you know Are in this fight and not only, you know, part of the fight, you know, there are times when I see these guys taking charge and that's a wonderful thing because it gives us a chance to take a breather, if you will. So, you know <laughs>
5: Yeah, we're all uh, that is so refreshing exactly. to not have to carry the carry the water all the time. You know what I mean? So
1: Exactly. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So again, um Xavier tell mm-hmm. everybody how they you. Tell everybody how they can reach you and what you're doing currently. Um.
3: Well, you can find me uh, most notably on Twitter at Rev underscore Xavier. Uh, while we've been on the call, I've been actually doing work stuff and tweeting at the same time. Um, I don't have any big projects coming down the line because work has been kind of crazy right now, um, but if I do have something, trust me, I'll tweet about it and I'll let you know, Kim, and
1: and you can let everybody know. So Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you, Xavier. And anti intellect? Yeah, like
2: I said, um, I, I think my, my, my information is on the link. Um, but I'll repeat my name, anti underscore intellect on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, the anti intellect blog. Um, I have a book coming out in February. Details coming soon. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very honored to have been asked to be on this um, Block Out Radio discussion. It's been very um, informative and illuminating, so thanks for having me. Oh, that's we
5: We love having you. 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 Hopefully you'll come back thanks, so you
1: yes, can talk about I your book. I will. You. Yes, you know, you, you don't even have to wait until your book is released, but we want you to come back then as well. But, oh, well, you
4: know, yes. Def- I <laughs> so
1: forward you know, to I, it. I Yes, sir You know, I thank both of you guys for coming on But see, I would be remiss If I did not bring up Anti-intellect interaction with Spike Lee Do you (laughs) mind sharing (laughs) that with us? Yeah, another
2: one You know, uh, part of my social justice Is operating out of the framework That I can criticize those things
8: that I love
2: And, you know, I'm a fan of Spike Lee I think he's an important voice Um, in the black community, and I love his work, in particular the film School Days, which is one of my favorite films as an HBCU graduate. Um, It's the 25th anniversary of Spike Lee's School Days, and the film is full of, you know, issues, colorism, classism, um, you know, back to Africa versus, you know, Western, middle-class values. But one of the things that the film doesn't do a good job of addressing is black sexual politics and so there's a scene in the film where the fraternity brothers are pledging and stepping around and they use the term faggot and it's a way of them shoring up their masculinity and so i i tweeted spike lee and i was asking him about that representation and um whether or not he felt that it was homophobic he didn't he didn't want to um Admit that it was a homophobic representation And he said that it was reflective of His college at the time which I disagree with And other people who were at Morehouse And HBCUs around that time also did as well But it led to a back and forth Exchange around The representation of homophobia In his film And Um yeah, it was a, it was pretty productive exchange. It got picked up by a couple of media news outlets, and it was a, a way for people to discuss, um, you know, different representations in black film and what is the responsibility of the director when presenting um, when presenting issues. So it was it was um it was a good exchange, I think. Um, and you know, ultimately Spike Lee has said that he's not a homophobic person. <laughs>
4: um,
2: but you know. I I feel like in that particular movie and in that particular representation that it was homophobic.
4: Yeah. Very
1: good. Because I saw when that was happening live and needless to say, you know, there were a few of us sitting there watching it. And, you know, you did a wonderful job and, you know, it's nice to know that Spike Lee is not homophobic and you know, because he's, you know, one of our legends, you know, he was a pioneer and but that doesn't excuse, you know, uh, Homophobia, racism, sexism, or anything like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad that that was picked up and that was brought to the forefront. So kudos to you, intellect. Did a Very great job there. Thank, Thank you. you. It, it, it. All right. Well, everybody, that was our black male feminist show. We're actually going to. I'm going to try to put together another one for later on this year. Oh my so gosh, Please the, do because this is so one, much fun. We're putting you guys on standby. you will be getting another, you know, invite here. But on that note, again, thank you guys so much. You all can find their information on the profile page. I would like to thank all of the callers, you know, everybody that was on the panel here. I appreciate it. And on that note, you guys have a lovely, lovely weekend, and happy Father's Day. To all the fathers and
5: those who have be a fathers, feminist, dad. Be a dad and a mother. You'll be a better dad if you're a feminist. Thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Good t-shirt,
1: a feminist dad. There you go. Right. <laughs> all right, guys. You all take care and have a lovely weekend. Thank you so thank much you. yet again. Bye, guys.
8: Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.
4: Radio, you want to flag Cause radio. Question never made. What do you mean? I mean literally. Your plan.